1: Hello everyone and welcome to a special edition of the Ring Pratt Report podcast. Uh, trade deadline 2019 in the books. We've got you covered pretty much for an analysis of the day. Uh, teams that improved the most and gave themselves a good shot at the cup. Who paid too much? And I think at the trade deadline what we don't realize, what a lot of people don't like, look into enough is guys that have dropped in value and have pretty much are getting traded for nothing and yet two years before that they would have been very highly valued players. And I mean when you look at some of the guys that got moved, they were very highly moved guys and they were moved for a lot. So on the episode today, Josh Cooper uh Josh from Leicester, as he's formerly been called. Um, we've got him on the line today. It's it's like five AM in England, isn't it, dude? Two
0: 2 a.m. Not I'm that
1: early? late. Oh, okay. All right. We got we got you in an early time. Is it breakfast or dinner for you?
0: Uh, neither, but I'm just happy to be here. Obviously.
1: Okay, let's get right into it. Um, first off, the one that people – most wins and losses. Um, I like to think of it as in more of a Tyronn Lue sense and say um, there are no wins and losses. It's uh, wins and lessons. There are no losers in this. Maybe you paid too much, but anywho um, – which team improved the most and gave, yourself, gave themselves the best shot at the cup, in your opinion, Josh?
0: Well, I think the obvious answer to start would be Vegas. I mean, they got the biggest fish on the market, in my opinion, in Mark Stone. Uh, they had to give up probably their best prospect, and in my opinion, one of the five best prospects that's currently not in the NHL right now, in Eric Brandstrom silky, smooth skater, puck-moving defenseman, great passer, has high upside, but the fact that they were also able to get stoned with an extension, too, which is, I think they said, eight years by nine and a half, which is probably fair value for his, his uh, capability. Um, I think they're an obvious answer. Another obvious one would be Columbus. I mean, again, picking up probably the second-best player available in Duchesne and then adding Zingo as well. Yep. Those are two pretty obvious ones. But I think the most important trade of the deadline was Winnipeg getting Kevin Hayes because th- their second and third line centers are Little and Lowry. And it's not terrible, but if you want to get through the Western Conference, they needed to upgrade that position. So I think that was a huge deal for them getting Hayes. Some people think a first is a steep price for him. I personally like the player a lot. He's a big Big guy can play a full 200-foot game. I like the player. I think that was very important for them to pick up that center who can slot in right behind Shifley in the same way that Stats needed last year. So that that one was, was the trade that I think probably helped the team the most, even though it may not have been the best trade value-wise. I think Winnipeg got a huge boost there at a huge position.
1: Yeah, right now Kevin Hayes is slotted on daily face-off to play second line with Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers. I mean, I think he could use the speed of those two guys tremendously. And, I mean, then up top you got a Shifley-Wheeler, and then right. behind them you got Perro little Roslovich, who Roslovich right. has not been used enough this year, in my opinion. So, hopefully he's got a coming-up party. And, um, in my opinion, in this one, I think the Sharks, even though they made that one trade, I mean – just adding to that already terrific offense, I thought that they were going to go out and get uh, Ryan Miller at the deadline here. But I mean, you would be kind of stepping on toes in that one, as both Jones and Aaron Dell, Aaron, Aaron Dell, are under contract after this year. Um, so you would be stepping on toes there. It might ruin a little bit of morale in in between the pipes moving forward. But both those guys have been the weak point of this team. And I'm surprised, a little surprised they didn't address that issue there. However, going out and getting Gustav Nyquist, Nyquist is finally producing at a rate that a lot of Detroit fans thought he would a couple of years ago. He's been fantastic this year. He's got a very good shot. He's a pretty damn skilled player. Right now, they've got him slotted in on the third line with Thornton and LeBanc.
0: That top nine is loaded. Like, there's not a single hole in that top nine on that team.
1: Maybe Don Scoy. You still had a pretty good set. year, though, right? is Even is if that's your worst
0: top nine forward, you're probably going to be pretty good in the playoffs,
1: right? Oh, yeah. The fourth line is whatever it's the fourth line. And then you combine that with that defensive defensive core that they've got in Vlasic, Burns, Carlson, Braun, Dylan. I mean, this team could be money. And we've seen Martin Jones get hot. So yeah, maybe you can pull a little bit of that magic out again and uh, – They can go on a little run. but
0: Yeah, no, their goal setting has definitely been the weak point this year for that team. A quick question for you. Are you surprised that we really heard no speculation of any goalies being moved? None got traded, really?
1: At first, if you were to ask me that two months ago, I would have said yes. I thought that for sure Jimmy Howard was on the move. Um, I mean, he's on an expiring contract. The team's in rebuild mode. As you saw, they traded Nyquist there. Um, And Nicholas Jensen as well. But when I took a closer look, and actually you questioned it too, when you take a closer look, I mean, they were maybe getting a third-round pick for Jimmy Howard, and Howard would be in a backup position. Wow. I mean, every goalie that's in a playoff spot right now is either solid um, and under contract in the future, or that's pretty much it. Like, I mean, there aren't too many bad goalies that are in playoff positions right now. I mean, look at it, I mean, I mentioned this, the Sharks. Are you really going to go out and get a rental goalie and yeah. piss off your goalie of the future like that? Probably not. Um, another one I was thinking of was I don't know, Colorado's. I mean, Grubauer hasn't been that great for Colorado, but you got Varlamov there. There's no sense. Uh, there's no sense in giving up picks for that. Uh, so, in the end, not really i am a little surprised about the one goalie that was moved that was just
0: a right more yeah. of a depth uh
1: it is a depth move i mean i i'm not sure what Cor- corpusalo's contract is like if he can be moved to the AHL to play play games there cuz he's still going to be with the team he's at least under con- club control um, next year yeah not overly surprised in this one. I mean, usually we do see goalies get moved, but I don't think there was any need. I mean, I
0: think also a mix of some teams that could have been looking for goalies kind of had it solved for themselves. For example, St. Louis with yeah. Jordan Brunton coming up and just being unbelievable. Like that's a team probably, they invested a lot this summer in adding a couple of pieces like O'Reilly and yeah. Bozak. So that's a team I could have for sure seen possibly trading for Jimmy Hart, but of course with Benner coming up and just being really saving their season. There was no need. So I think, like you said, it's a mix of a lack of really need. that many goalies being available, plus teams having that high of a need for trading yeah. any sort of valuable assets for a goalie.
1: I mean, Howard is better than some of the goalies that are in the playoffs right now. But as you said, with the, the St. Louis Blues, though, I do want to point out, if Ben Asti didn't come up, which is a, his actual Twitter handle, Ben Asti, I Can Bench A Plate was his uh, his bio for a while. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Um, if he didn't come up and play the way he did, St. Louis would not be in the position they are, and you got to think, if they're in last place, they got they have a solid team. It is there, but if you're in last place, why are you going out and getting a goalie at the deadline to make a light push when you're down by 12 points? It's just not going to make any sense. So, in that sense, I mean, they didn't have good goaltending at the beginning of the year. They probably wouldn't have moved for a short-term solution if they were in the position that they were at the beginning of January, but... Moving on from that, I think one trade that we really do got to touch on before we go any further um, is the one that Kyle came through. Kyle uh, Patan for Lind, uh, Par Lindholm. Um, Par Lindholm, I mean, came over. It wasn't when a guy who's 27 is finally making his break into the league and he hasn't hit over a point per game in Europe, you're iffy on him. And I mean, I was iffy on him coming in. Maybe he can add some depth. And he somewhat did, but he's not that great. Just not that skilled. (laughs) But Nick Patan, what do you think of him, Josh?
0: This is the type of deal that that will not get a lot of fanfare. Because I I, I mean, looking at the fourth line even tonight for Toronto, they're playing great. So I'm not sure if Patan will be able to crack the lineup in the playoffs. But it's such a a low-risk move. There's no reason to hate on it. And Nick Patan... Is it was a prolific scorer in junior. He was a great player for Canada at the World Juniors. He put up almost a point a game, actually maybe I think exactly a point a game, for Manitoba in the AHL last year. Mm-hmm. He just couldn't crack the lineup in Winnipeg. So he's a perfect candidate to uh, scenery change that could help, hopefully help his career. And like you said, Lindholm really, to the Leafs, he almost had zero value. We have so many forwards that could fill that fourth-line roar. I mean, the fourth line's going to have Connor Brown on it. That's another guy they thought would be traded because there's just no room. Our top nine is so so loaded right now. Mm-hmm. So I really like the pickup. I think it's a good buy low on Patan, a guy who at one point Winnipeg had rated very highly in their system in terms of prospects. And who knows, maybe next year he could crack the lineup depending on how the forwards shuffle in and out. Next year was possibly Brown getting moved or, or whatever happened. So I, I like the deal a lot.
1: I do as well. I mean, this is a guy that's shown that he can score. In the past, uh, at, well, he cracked the lineup when he was right out of junior at 21. He played 26 games, um, and then 47 with Manitoba. But just really up and down these past couple years. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think his skating's really at the level that the rest of his game is at. But again, as you said, this is a very low risk, high reward player. We've seen this guy absolutely light the WHL on fire. We've seen what he can do in the AHL. Now maybe with a little bit of opportunity, a change of scenery, some new line mates, he can make an impact. And Parlinholm, I mean, he's not really going to be missed. I mean, they called up Trevor Moore, who has shown very, very well in a fourth line capacity.
0: He's a better player than Parlinholm. We he's, can say I could say that's pretty
1: been way more impactful than Par Lindholm has yeah. been. So there's really no need for him on this roster. So why not? move him for the highest possible return. And, I mean, worst comes to worst, what, you wave Nick Patan. doesn't
0: – Exactly. A
1: big whoop. Like, part Lindholm might not even be in the NHL next year. Anyhow.
0: So what did you think about the Leafs making no moves today other than that one? I mean, there was some speculation earlier. They were looking at a right shot D. And then in the first intermission of the Leafs game tonight, they said that uh, they were pushing hard for Wayne Simmons. So, first of all, what what do you think about the Leafs today? And then Um, even thoughts on the Simmons deal to...
1: I missed the first intermission, so I missed them saying that. But I also did hear Steve Vallecat, who is on MSG Network. He's a former goalie. He said that um, the Um, Leafs were eyeing Chris Kreider. So, I mean, it looks like they had eyes on pretty much every player across the league. (laughs) Um, Which Kreider I do like. But, I mean... That would have answered. I mean, if you've looked at the Leafs the past, this whole season, they get out hit every game. So I guess adding some size would have been nice. Uh, but I think you really do have to address that right side on defense for sure. I mean, we haven't seen any defenseman look comfortable enough to play in a first line, uh, play first line defense so far this year. Uh, we've seen Dermot a little bit on the right side. We've seen. Pretty much everyone try to play the right side. but They keep going back to Hainsey, which he sucks. He which is play. an issue, yeah. He is, is a prolific issue. As well as, I mean, Zaitsev hasn't been as bad as he usually is as of late. But still, I mean, when you're describing your first line, your top four D and one of them is, yeah, he hasn't been absolute trash as of lately. And that's the best you can come up with him it spells a little bit of an issue. From a coach's perspective, obviously Babcock would have wanted someone to play right deep right right now because from a coach's perspective, they want to mortgage, they'd want mortgage the entire farm for a third-line center. They don't care. They could be fired within a year. I mean, so what I think Kyle Dubas was looking at is maybe Timothy Lilligren makes the jump next year and that instead of trading Timothy Lilligren for a one- to two-year solution – he comes up next year and he becomes the long-term solution. I think he was looking more long-term, what we have with Sandin, what we have with Logren, to spell a solution for the future.
0: Right? The other thing is it's easy to forget that we did trade for Jake Muzzin because he's mostly been buried on the third pair for That's... A lot 10 games on the lease, which is disappointing. I think the biggest issue for the Leafs is to figure out a better split in terms of their defense when playing time. I mean, Hainsey and Zaitsev cannot be consistently two of the three most played defensemen on our team. And the thing that doesn't make sense is not to make this a Leaf rant is whenever the Leafs go down in a game, Babcock plays and deploys his defensemen properly. It's Riley, Muzzin, Gardner, mostly. So if we could just get it into his head that that should be their deployment for every situation, we'll would be we we'll be in a lot better spot. I think most Leaf fans are just worried about walking out a third, what, late 30s Ron Hainsey Against the best line in hockey, in Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marchand in the first round, I think that scares every Leafs fan. But
1: oh, yeah,
0: enough, enough Leafs complaining.
1: Yeah, I don't know. This we'll see. I mean, we came Game Seven against Boston last year. Boston did upgrade at the deadline, though, and they did upgrade from last year. So, I mean, we'll see how we match up against them now. But the Leafs, did people when they talk about that? Although they did get, um outplayed in that one. They did make it to Game 7.
0: Yeah. And they were winning. No, for sure. They, I mean, it's going to be a great series. I, I still think they're probably a better overall team, even without making it. So we'll see what happens. What did you think of the moves Boston made?
1: Uh, getting Johansson and then getting Charlie Coyle. Charlie Coyle there. I think that's a great upgrade for their team. And I don't really think they gave up too much. When they gave up total, they gave up a second, a fourth, a fifth in Ryan Donato for a guy who has a lot of playoff experience in Ryan Johansson. I mean, not Marcus Johansson. My apologies. Marcus Johansson as well as uh, Charlie Coyle there. I mean, that's I mean that's a terrific upgrade to, their, uh, to that forward group, which is not very deep whatsoever. Uh, this is a terrific upgrade for Boston. I think they did a really good job. Obviously, not spending too much is – the name of the game for going into this deadline for them. Uh, I heard they had eyes on all the big players there. Oh, yeah, yeah, but they now they have. So they have depth up the up the the middle now. They have what I consider pretty much a complete top six. I mean, it's not it's not blue and white top six, but no. uh, it's 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 a, it's a decent top six up there. It's a lot better than what they went into the playoffs with last year. So I think Boston did well, and I don't think, and they didn't mortgage the farm to do so. So kudos to them. They did a great job on this one. It'll be interesting to see if they can, can stay healthy and uh, into going into the playoffs here. You yeah, know? that'll be a
0: question, especially with Boston. So is there any team you think overpaid at the deadline? It doesn't feel as much this year in in comparison with past years.
1: Yeah, if you're looking at Ryan Hartman as a first-rounder, then sure, Nashville overpaid for him. Um, Nashville also giving up uh, Kevin Fiala. Not not to say that the player that they got in return was any schlub, but Kevin Fiala, as a lot of people know, is going to be a
0: stud, right? Yeah, I completely agree. I mean...
1: Maybe they they're spent pro- a little bit too much, but they've been on the cusp. They've made the Stanley, fi- Stanley Cup final. I mean, something's just got to give.
0: Maybe yeah. they just thought they just they need a different mix of forwards. Granlin is a really good player, obviously. Yeah. He's a tra- uh, I mean, He's I, good I, it seems like they're trading Fiala for what Kevin Fiala will be in the future. And he, like, Fiala might even end up being better than Granlin. But today, Granlin is the better player. and. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, hey, I David know. Coyle, 30 years, is a good hockey man and executive. No Stanley Cup. I think he's mm-hmm. he can tell the talk. The clock is ticking for him. So picking up uh, picking up Simmons and, and Granlin is nice, but I really thought they should have pushed harder for either Duchesne or Stone oh, yeah. because he, as good as Simmons and Granlin are, they aren't that top-end impact player that I think they desperately need mm-hmm. up front. You look at their point distribution. It's a lot of depth guys. It's not bad. They're deep. They can run four lines. But yeah. I, I really think what they were missing is that dynamic player. And I think looking back, they might regret that they didn't push a little harder just to get Stone or Duchesne.
1: I agree. I think they really wanted to hang on to that pick. The, the farm is looking pretty empty. Uh, they've only really got Ely Tolvenin and uh, Dante Fabro back there. Maybe yeah. some, a hidden depth player here and there. But yeah, they didn't mortgage the farm per se. But I mean, Grant was only on the book, uh, only under contract for one more year. and Then he's yeah. a UFA. And then Simmons is also going to be a UFA. So right. uh, they're really rolling the dice on this one. But I mean, they, they got a strong team, they got some scoring in here. Kyle uh, yep. Turris has put up 60 before, Ryan Johansson's a very strong offensive player uh philip forsberg is just disgusting he's a highlight machine victor arvidson's a breakaway machine and then you got a slew of defense that can also put the puck in the net and then you got pecorine back there too so this is a really it almost i don't want to say the d word in desperate but it seems like a uh a if we don't push now when are we ever gonna push?
0: I mean, don't forget Roman Yossi is an unrestricted free agent this summer as well, so that could be in the back of their mind, right?
1: That so very well. Is it this summer or next?
0: Or next, maybe it might be next summer, but in the future. Yeah, yeah.
1: That, they're, that is gonna be tough to afford him. He's gonna right, exactly. he's gonna get he's gonna have so much money. Oh he's gonna be so rich. I know. Fuck. Damn it. Why couldn't we be good at sports? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Anywho, um, let's get into the drop in value, guys, because uh, one guy who is involved in one of the trades for him just took a shot on that and it reminded me. Uh, who's your favorite drop in value guy?
0: I think it's hard to not say Anthony Duclair. I mean, is this his fourth or fifth team now? I mean, now he's it's how it's
1: number five, I believe. And he's 24 years old? Yeah, Rangers, and a Coyotes. Guy, a guy
0: who, when he was on the Coyotes his rookie year, Put up some good numbers, and people thought oh, highly please. of him. Oh yeah, and I don't know what's happened. He just seems to not be able to figure it out. I know John Tortorella, when he was traded, said like some good things about him, but in the past, he said some not so good things about him. So oh, yeah. I don't know what it is with Duclair, but he can't seem to figure it out. And I mean, the spot that he went in Ottawa, there's really no excuse for him to not put up some at least decent numbers. Oh, there's absolutely. nobody else on that roster.
1: He's gonna go, be on the ice a lot, and
0: this I is thought another where, funny one was was the Good Branson for Tanner Pearson trade. I think that's two guys who both two years ago would have had a lot more value. I don't think Good Branson was ever that good personally, but Tanner Pearson did have a twenty goal year two years ago, right. and that's another trade. I don't know what Pittsburgh's doing there, but they
1: uh, they all their defense are injured. But I mean. You're pretty much, I mean, your Ferrari's broken, so you go out and you rent, uh, I don't know, you rent something with square wheels pretty much is what you're doing there when you're trying to, when you're trying to make uh, Eric Branson play in the role of Dumoulin and Chris Letang there. So uh, one other thing I wanted to note with Ottawa, I mean, Ryan Zingle just got traded for two seconds. Yeah. So Ryan Zingle, who was actually in that Duclair trade, I mean, he went from, an AHLer in the 2015 2016 season. What's that? 24 years old. Yeah. He was a good AHLer, but he was an AHLer. And then 32, and then 41. And then this year, tons of ice time, lots of opportunity. 44 and 57. 22 goals already this year. So, I mean, Anthony Duclair pretty much has no excuse after this. I mean, if he doesn't, this is a really good tryout for him. And I mean, it's. Could save his career, but I mean, this could also spell the uh, always hungry league or year uh, up for him if he's not putting up at least decent numbers after this one.
0: Yeah, for sure. And what did you think of overall the return Ottawa got for their guys? I, I know in the back of everyone's head, it's hard to not think about the fact that they, they might end up having to give up Jack Hughes or Capo Caco.
1: I mean, but. it's really retrospective right now thinking about that because. I remember last year when I wrote about that trade, I didn't think Ottawa was a good team the year before. Going into that season, I didn't think they were a good team, but somehow they just kept winning. And the second I said, yeah, this pick will be around in the 20s, because that's where they were sitting. Yeah, Guess what happened? They just, they, ah, uh, man, it seeped down their legs. That's how bad it was.
0: No, it's tough for that fan base. I mean, imagine losing basically all of your good players.
1: And all your fans. Year,
0: every single one.
1: And all your fans in the stadium, too.
0: Like, And it, it's tough because if you look at the trades individually, like, oh, you got two seconds for Zingle, who going into the season, that probably would have been seen, seen as a surprise for most. You got a first for Duchesne and possibly another first if he re-signs. You got a high-end prospect for Stone in uh, Brandstrom. So there's pieces they've gotten, but it's just, Hard to not think about the fact that they gave up that first round pick last year. Oh yeah, but so
1: I mean now they can absolutely just pretty much crank it to Eric Goodbranson. I mean, Good Eric Branstrom, Eric Goodbranson, pretty much the opposite of Branstrom, and Thomas Shabbat on Which the is LA. Impressive. that's gonna be wild. Have you watched Thomas Shabbat this year?
0: Yeah, he's been
1: unreal. He's he's, Car- he's Carlson. Yeah, he moves the puck so well. And Eric, I mean, Branstrom can do the same thing. He's a tremendously skilled player. He's a very good skater. Yeah, you're not getting your first-round pick this year. Uh, you're not getting Jack Hughes. Who, I mean, if they had Hughes, do you think that they'd be, like, on the right track to playoffs competitive team after this?
0: Well, not immediately, but it'd be
1: like a year or two.
0: heck of a kickstart.
1: Oh, yeah. That's what I – I agree with that as well. So, yeah, that pretty much – there, there isn't too much else you could say with these. I mean, Zuccarello, that's
0: just... That's just unfortunate. I feel like they got good value for him too. He's a proven player, playoff experience, good, can beautiful slide right into the beautiful top beautiful six. For them. They desperately need. That's a team that went from last year they couldn't stop getting scored on and they could score a ton, and now this year they can't score. And their goalies are playing incredible, and their young D, Heiskanen, and Lindell with Klingberg are playing great. It's just surprising to see Dallas not be able to score. So this pickup was great for them, and then <laughs> it was unfortunate, really.
1: It was pretty much like the first shift, almost. That yeah. just—I mean, imagine being a Stars fan in that uh, in that predic in this entire season. I mean, your your owner slash and CEO come out and just take a dump on your best players, and then the teams. Up and down, very wildly inconsistent in terms of like in terms of where they're sitting. And then finally you go out and you get a guy that can push you into the playoffs and chow on pretty much.
0: Unfortunate. unfortunate for sure.
1: That's that just is wildly unfortunate. Did you see the conditions on that? If they make it past the second round, it's a first and then another first if he re-signs. So two first for Zeke. I mean, I don't think it'll happen, but yeah, that could have been a wild return for them. Yeah. So, for sure, another year where we're going to see the Rangers all over the draft board.
0: Um, yeah, totally.
1: Obviously, I mean, they got the two and the three from Zuccarello, and then the one plus uh Brendan Lemieux, who mm-hmm. you're a, you're a fan favorite of him, aren't you?
0: <laughs> I mean, not really, but he's he's <laughs> the points for him is huge. I mean, they they if they keep. Their rebuild is—it seems like it's also just started, but they—they've collected a ton of picks. I mean, oh yeah,
1: three last year.
0: Yeah, and and I mean, who knows how season? soon they'll be competitive, yeah. right?
1: What I found interesting so, with each of the picks was like their top picks, the two top ten picks that they had. They went with guys that were not unanimous top ten picks. No, so they're kind of going the their own players. direction. So it'll be really interesting to see how that pans out in years to come. So another two for them this year. Bunch of lower uh, picks too. Yeah, I think that pretty much we've covered pretty much almost every single trade here. Um, before we I move any further, uh, Cliff Pooh getting traded for Thomas Who Thomas is an NHL all-star. He's always been. He never really panned out in the NHL, but Cliff Pooh was kind of... A big part of that Jeff Skinner trade, and now Skinner's well on his way to scoring 40, and Cliff Pooh is in the ECHL. So, congratulations, Tom Dundon.
0: It's just Carolina is just can't get over the hump, and they shoot themselves in the foot. They they, they desperately want a young scoring winger, center, whatever, anyone who can score.
1: And then you move
0: Lindholm to- and Skinner are putting up insane numbers. I mean, it's just. You had them. You just don't want to pay them. So what do you expect?
1: I don't know. I, I feel like they got a kind of a taste of, uh, of of the Coyotes when you look at them. I mean, look at uh, Domi and Strome when they both left the Coyotes. Like both were underperforming. People just wrote them off. Ah, whatever. They're not going to do much. And then now look at them when they're away. I mean, sometimes it's just I mean, the system. The where you are. I don't know how, to, how else to describe it there, but we'll see. Carolina's in a playoff position, so it'll be interesting, this playoff chase, both in, in the east and the west. But, yeah, I think we've pretty much covered every pick, every, every trade here, yeah?
0: Pretty much. So if you had to say the five Stanley Cup favorites as of right now, Who would you say those five teams are?
1: Well, my number one, I'm obviously going to get the homer pick out of the way. and Say the blue and white, Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, I mean, Austin Matthews, John Tavares, Mitch Marner, the list goes on. Frederick Anderson's a tremendous goalie. We have outlined their deficiencies in great detail, but I think this team's got a lot of skill and can really turn teams upside down. Another team from the east, obviously, going with the Tampa Bay Lightning. um, Just... They're cheat code. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised in a couple of years if we find out that they, they've been cheating this whole time. Um, and, well, their state tax. There you go. Uh, so there's them as well. Uh, in the West, a team that I've already mentioned, the San Jose Sharks, I think, have got to be yeah. pretty high on everyone's list in terms of a favorite. I mean, their goaltending has done it. Can they do it again is the really big question there. They have a lot of talent on defense more talent on offense there. Uh, but they're going to be a team that you should really watch out for. However, they are going to be playing right now. They're slated to play the Golden Knights, which is not
0: going to be easy. Be a, the playoff format. we got to do a whole podcast on this stupid playoff format.
1: A whole different story. But So that's number three. Um, and then number four, obviously, yeah. I'm going to go with the Winnipeg Jets. I really like Connor Hellebuck. I think he's a Hell of a goalie. Eh, see what I did there. Um, obviously, as we mentioned, they boasted their their top six, and their top nine even looks just is just oozing with talent. There, uh, some good defensemen in Jacob Truba, who that's going to be a big issue for them come off season. He's gonna he's better get extended or he's gone, and yeah, you're losing a top uh, extremely talented player. Uh, and then. Obviously, Tyler Myers, big buff. His health is a little bit of a question, but we've seen what this team can do. I mean, they made the conference finals last year. I mean, maybe with this uh, a little more experience under their belt, they can get over the hump. My number five, ooh, between, I almost might as well flip a coin. I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Blues on this one. You know what? I'm gonna think yeah. outside of the box. I'm gonna go with the St. Louis Blues on this one. I mean, I really like this team going into the season. I think Ryan O'Reilly's an absolute just a hell of a player. I mean, maybe they don't have the playoff experience that a lot of these other teams that I've mentioned have, but this team's got a ton of talent up front. They've got a bunch of good defensemen back there. Uh, Alex Petrangelo, Colton Pareko is an absolute monster. Uh, Vinny Dunn is sneaky and can really move the puck and really get his feet moving a lot. Uh, Some great forwards in terms of, as I mentioned, Ryan O'Reilly, David Perron's a solid player, Braden Shen, Jaden Schwartz, Vladdy Tarasenko, and then the kid with a little bit of championship experience uh, in the black and gold, Robert Thomas. He's a very talented player that's playing way down in that lineup. So, thinking outside the box, I'm going to go with the, the St. Louis Blues. You never know with a team like that. Go. What's your top
0: five? Almost the exact same. I would say Tampa, Toronto, San Jose, Winnipeg. But then I have the Boston Bruins as the fifth team. That side of the bracket with Tampa Bay, Boston, and Toronto is just an absolute murderous role there. Whoever, I think last year Tampa Bay was spent by the time they got to the conference finals. I think this year will be different. Whoever gets out of that bracket of Toronto, Boston, Tampa Bay is gonna win the Stanley Cup this year. It'll South be country. one of the cup it'll be Leafs. one of those three teams against the San Jose Sharks. I think the San Jose Sharks are going to the cup final again. Possibly winning, we'll see. But I think if I had to say today, I'll say Sharks and Leafs in the finals.
1: Sharks and Leafs in the finals, book it. All right. That pretty much wraps up special edition of the rink wrap report podcast anything else from you josh
0: no just thanks for having me it was fun
1: thanks for coming on at such a late early hour i don't know what it is for you but thanks bud we'll talk soon